0: hello and welcome to the emg girl podcast i'm mark Koskila and i'm pleased to be bringing another brilliant episode to you today this week i'm sharing a conversation i recently had with chumi karana global head of the prostate cancer disease area stronghold for janssen oncology i spoke with chumi about her pathway into men's health the challenges and potential solutions in the realm of prostate disease and her advice for family and caregivers on how best to support a loved one who's dealing with a prostate cancer diagnosis. It's a really important conversation and I do hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome. Today I'm thrilled to be joined by Chumi Karana. Chumi is a female champion in the men's health landscape and on the forefront of men's health advocacy as the global head of the Prostate Cancer Disease Area Stronghold for Janssen Oncology. With almost 25 years of patient-centered experience in the pharmaceutical industry, Chumi has elevated Janssen's position in the PCA landscape, providing programs and strategies to increase access and usage of Johnson & Johnson's medicines, and also expanded awareness and provided innovative services and programs to caregivers. I'm delighted to have Chumi on the show today to discuss how her career has developed to the point it has today, as well as the challenges and opportunities faced around the subject of prostate disease. How are you today, Jumi?
1: I'm great, Mark, and thank you so much for having me on. I'm really honoured to be invited to join you and talk about the incredibly important subject of men's health uh, and prostate cancer. So thanks for having me.
0: No, absolutely, no problem and really important subject. I'm keen to get cracking here. So, so let's start um, with a bit about your your kind of academic career. I guess so. You attended Temple University with a focus on business administration. Was there a, a particular person or event that inspired you to dedicate your career to pharma?
1: Yeah, it's actually interesting. So, for those of you that don't know, Temple University is a university in Philadelphia. But I, I actually grew up in Germany, went where I went to school and I went to college. And really who inspired me was my dad. My dad is, or I should say was a physician, and healthcare was really always forefront in our home. My intention was always to go to medical school in Germany. I even took some months of nurse training to qualify for medical training in Germany. It's it's something that you have to do to go to university there. However, as as we usually do at that age, I also explored other options. And I ended up visiting an international business school um, that was in Germany, and I was actually really intrigued by the global nature of what I could do in business. So I actually opted to take that route, never really forgetting my passion for health and healthcare. So once I got my MBA at, at Temple, I really wanted to marry my passion for healthcare And global business, um, really inspired by my early exposure with my father. So that's how I ended up in the pharmaceutical industry.
0: Great, thank you. And yeah, fascinating kind of how uh, you're really focusing on that mix of business and uh, and healthcare. Moving forward, so it's quite unusual to find a female leader advocating for men's health outcomes. Could you talk a bit um, to us about about your personal journey to becoming a leader in this space.
1: Yeah, when I it's actually interesting. I was reflecting on this. Um, when I started in the industry almost 25 years ago, it, it was actually unusual to see much diversity in senior roles like mine at pharmaceutical companies. And I'm really glad to see how that's changed and how the industry has changed. And um, there's really a increased focus on diversity and inclusion when filling pharma roles. So my personal journey is is really driven with working with teens that are really trying to find a cure for cancer. Early on in my career, I was in cardiovascular diabetes, which is also a very important area. But working in the cancer space, um, we really have this lofty mission and goal of finding a cure for cancer. And as a, a wife and a parent of a daughter and son, my focus really is more so on developing um, and marketing treatments that are for all. So when you are driven by trying to find a cure for cancer, you really do become blind to whether it's a male or female disease or, or gender-neutral disease. So on what I can say, and, and I think many listeners will, will, will relate to this, almost all of us have been touched by loss due to this devastating disease. Um, my husband actually lost his mother to cancer Uh, at a very early age she was in her 40s and with all the current advances in treatment i have to think that she might actually still be with us if she had contracted the illness later in life but at the end of the day um prostate cancer affects men as well as their families right so the grief and care needed resulting from a cancer diagnosis affects both men and women and actually it's interesting mark um November is actually Men's Health Month and is also known as Movember. Um, it's a month when we raise awareness on men's health issues, including male suicide, testicular cancer, and of course, prostate cancer. Much of this move- movement is really dedicated to encourage men to be more outspoken about their health. Men tend to not speak about their health. As women and as a woman leader in the industry, we have a major role to play in encouraging that conversation and taking the stigma and shame from men expressing weakness due to an illness. Um, I, I love, I was reading recently, some of the things that we should be saying, right? It's not unmanly to struggle. You do not always need to man up. It's okay to speak up. You're not going to be a burden if you do speak up. And suffering does not make you weak. I think those are some of the unique things that as females in our men's lives and as female leaders, um, we really need to reinforce with the men in our lives.
0: Completely agree with that. And, and definitely men that I'm, I I speak to tend to anyone who's talking about their health as, as a man is probably more the exception still to this day than the than the rule. But it's great that there's, um, you know, the Movember Foundation and here in the UK, I guess, uh, Prostate Cancer UK really trying to to help on that that front in terms of awareness i mean moving more specifically into kind of prostate health i mean can can you talk maybe a bit more in depth in terms of the challenges that men have, have faced with this disease during the pandemic and and what have the outcomes of these challenges been
1: yeah it's it's been kind of sobering and i think we're coming out on the other side but there there still have been a lot of challenges for men and women frankly the pandemic continues to limit our ability for in-person interaction and unfortunately even prior to covid generally speaking men did not consistently focus on their health as i as i just explained um when we talked about the movember movement but the pandemic only made it worse right um as men actually you know have taken on a lot more additional responsibilities a lot more additional domestic responsibilities given that we were often in our houses together, you know, they might've been homeschooling, cooking, doing housework, et cetera. So regarding prostate health, we have seen that men have been less likely to complete regular blood tests during COVID. Uh, And that's scary because those provide the warning that they need um, around really identifying prostate cancer and also help with monitoring how well the prostate cancer is being controlled. So this is a dynamic that we need to change and need to educate around. The impact is that these delays lead to patients having their prostate cancer become more advanced uh, than if these changes had been caught early with typical testing. So it is something that we really need to address as a healthcare community.
0: Definitely. Do you do you have any sense of the scale in terms of the effect of the pandemic on on kind of lives, or is that is that something we'll only really know in the in the years to come?
1: I think we'll understand it a little bit more in the years to come, and I think it's also very regionally specific. Um, but what we do know is is that in the U.S. at least, we've seen a decrease of patient visits in the prostate health ca- cancer space, and if you look across the cancers. Um, prostate cancer unfortunately seems to be one that's hit more and again I think it draws back to the fact that it is a male disease and that men are maybe more likely to not take care of their health and be proactive.
0: Definitely Um, and what's unique about advancing health outcomes for men with prostate disease?
1: Yeah you know what's unique is really truly the opportunity to touch so many lives due to the prevalence of prostate cancer. Unfortunately, prostate cancer is the second most common cancer in the world and the fourth leading cause of cancer death in men worldwide. So with an incidence of approximately 1.4 million and mortality of approximately 375,000 annually, um, this is a really devastating disease and, and, and that's what makes it unfortunately unique and, and really, a global health problem. There are robust innovations coming to the market. Um, you know, I'm proud to be working on some of them, offering men a better chance of positive outcomes across this disease state continuum. But there's still a lot we have to do, Mark, because in the early settings, a lot of what we do is we we castrate men, right? Um, they deal with sexual dysfunction. Um, there's a lot of burden that they're facing. So we we need to keep going. We need to find further innovations. Um, At Janssen, which is a J&J company alone, we have 11 assets on the market in our pipeline, uh, in the market and in our pipeline. And they're all focused on treating and potentially curing or even preventing prostate cancer. So it's encouraging. And our commitment is really to providing the best outcomes for all patients with prostate cancer, and that's really what has shaped our research and development for more than a decade in the prostate cancer space. Specifically, actually, we have developed a broad portfolio of prostate cancer therapeutics spanning multiple modalities and stages of disease, um, as well as accompanying diagnostics that will really help ensure the appropriate use of our therapeutics for the, for the right patient
0: great to hear a, a, a kind of a wide range of therapies there that are in the, the pipeline and on market to, to help with this, this disease. Um, so returning kind of slightly, taking a step back to something we touched on earlier. So, so generally speaking, men are obviously not as focused on their health as perhaps they should be. How do you plan to increase the awareness and, and that urgency to treat?
1: yeah, I think as an industry, we're working on it. And specifically um, at Janssen, uh, we're we're trying to not only increase awareness but also turn it really into action. So we as a company this month are celebrating November globally uh, across the world. And we actually have a campaign that we're calling more talk, more action. And so this gets into what I was talking to you about earlier is 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 we, we have to act around this, right? So so Jansen is encouraging more talk about factors that increase the likelihood of being diagnosed with prostate cancer, and it's really to spore more action for anyone that is at risk. Um, it's really about urging men to get screened and check in with friends and family members about their prostate health. The more we own this together, uh, the more we'll have uh, success around this. If you, if you think about breast cancer and, and the movement there and, and the improvements that we've made, this is what we have to achieve for prostate cancer as well. There's really urgency to treat. There's a time, both a time component as well as a treatment choice component with the urgency to treat. For some patients, active surveillance or also what's known as watch and wait may be the best option to regularly monitor prostate cancer before starting treatment. But for others, it, it really might be on the opposite end of the consideration, where they need to intensify treatment due to specific risk factors about their prostate cancer or their genetic makeup. There are certain genetic markers that make you a strong candidate for metastatic disease, and so it's, it's really important to find those. So whether it is through robust clinical trials or patient advocacy groups, Janssen is helping to educate both physicians and patients to understand the risk factors and how this should play a critical role in defining the urgency to treat.
0: Great. Thank you. And lots that can be done there in terms of that awareness and, and urgency. We, we also touched earlier on the idea of, of partners and, and caregivers and the role that they can play um, in terms of advancing the care of of patients. Um, and I know this is something that that you're you're obviously passionate about. So, what advice would you share with with family and and, and those caregivers who who have a man in their life suffering from prostate disease?
1: Yeah, Mark, it's, it's an incredibly important role, and if, for those of us that have dealt with family members being sick or um, yourself dealing with health care issues, the support system around you is incredibly important. My, my first advice, honestly, to caregivers and family members would be to also remember to take care of themselves, depending on the stage of the disease and other factors, being a caregiver can be all consuming, right? And it, it can add up to many hours as a part-time or even full-time job per week. And, it's hard to manage with everything else that you've going on in your life. So many caregivers put their loved ones first and, and neglect themselves, but but they, they really can best help when they are also taking care of themselves. So I think that that's very, very important. My next recommendation would be to really educate yourself with everything that is available to you. There is a lot of phenomenal information out there from patient advocacy groups Um, from healthcare organizations, to really learn about the disease and how you can help. Um, In addition to having conversations with healthcare providers of your loved ones and requesting a list of resources they can provide, uh, caregivers should really join a local support group. They exist for both patients and caregivers, by the way, and do research on the internet from reliable websites, um, like I said, from patient advocacy groups, or established cancer organizations. Finally, I would encourage you to communicate with your loved ones and the healthcare team. A patient with prostate cancer will likely go through a range of emotions to their diagnosis, treatment and potential symptoms and side effects. Some of these below the belt discussions as we sometimes call them may feel awkward like sharing a prostate cancer diagnosis sexual dysfunction or urinary incontinence. But I encourage patients and caregivers to not let the shame or embarrassment get in the way of support. It's incredibly important to have these dialogues. It's easier said than done, but it truly is important. With a healthcare team, it is the patient's quality of life and, and really being able to think clearly at work or have energy to do their favorite activities um that that needs to be on the forefront learn all about the patient's eligible treatment options and then advocate for your preferences when deciding on a treatment plan really don't stay silent so these are some of the pieces of advice i would give caregivers and families
0: thank you jimmy and i i think some of that particularly you know as a, as a caregiver Remembering to to look after yourself is such an important message. So, um, some some really great words of wisdom there. Um, I mean, more broadly, it's obviously been an extraordinary year for for health and life sciences. C- could you tell us what your industry and personal highlights have have been, and and what your hopes are for the next year?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and I really do think that there's a lot of brightness in our future, and I am excited for what the future looks like in this space. There, there was a time where there was not much innovation in prostate cancer for about 10 years or so, you really had the mainstay of standard of care. But I'm truly excited to see that we now have novel modalities to help treat this disease. And like I said earlier, we can't stop here. We have to keep going because we have to continue to eradicate the disease. But some of these new modalities include hormonal treatments, um, um, to, you know, which is, which are current treatments. And then there are future best in class modalities such as radiotherapy. Um, we're seeing more, um, options in immuno-oncology and prostate cancer and also CAR Ts where, where, you're really working with, uh, the patient's own body and, and, and really fighting the disease. These, um, modalities will really allow patients to consider multiple treatment options and, hopefully lead to prevention or even cure, where you can start early on with the disease and then keep going and then maybe eradicate the disease. Personally, I think this is incredibly motivating. And it's it's really, um, I just had a chance to talk to some of our key opinion leaders yesterday about some of the advancements. And to see um, the progress and innovation here is is phenomenal. But like I said before, our job is not done. And we need to treat prostate cancer earlier. To ensure the best long term outcomes for our patients. At JJ, we have a long history in treating prostate cancer, and I, I truly am proud to work for a company that has a deep commitment to treating this disease as well as a vibrant pipeline. And, and this is what personally makes it very easy to wake up every morning.
0: Thank you. And, and it, it feels like there's some real kind of positivity and, and hope for the future in terms of the way that these treatments can really help uh, improve outcomes in future. So, So thank you so much for sharing all of that with us today. And that's it for this week. A huge thank you to Chumi for taking the time out to join us. Encouraging better conversations and understanding around prostate health is incredibly important, and it's fantastic to hear about the strides that are being taken to improve outcomes for patients. Thanks for tuning in this week, and if you haven't done so already, don't forget to subscribe. We have new episodes out every Tuesday, but if you just can't wait until then, go and check out the brilliant articles, interviews and more in our sister publication, Gold Magazine, available at www.emg-gold.com. So until then, take care and goodbye for now.